as we venture into the murky waters of everything you've been told never to bring up at holiday dinner. You'll need a guide, someone you can trust, a battle-tested, common-sense leader who knows that an extra pair of dry socks just might save your life. That wise old sage has arrived, and he is shouting the Schmidt Show battle cry. Schmidt heads unite! Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, time appropriate greeting depending on where in the world, in the U.S., well, in time and space really, that you're listening to the Schmidt Show podcast. Thanks for joining me this morning. I'm Brad Schmidt. I am your host sitting across from me. Finally! I'm once, back. Once again, the Hig. The Hig is back. The Hig is here. I have just, it has been a crazy, you know, here's the oh. thing. I mean, so I, it's, I come to expect this, right? Because right. I've, I've worked at my company for a long time and I understand that there's a busy time and there's a slow time. And, you know, we get into like the December, January, February months, like I'll, I'll be dead <laughs> until, until springtime, right? It's just going to be dead. But for these next couple months, it is just going to be killer. And it's I'm actually, prepared for that. It's I'm actually ready. very similar in, in the church world as a former pastor. And <laughs> Dang it. I missed your sermon. Oh, yeah, that's right. I preached twice in the uh, last two weeks. I missed so, it both times. Anyway, <laughs> you got to do it again. So, anyway, um, Andy Stanley actually talks about it's the opposite is in the time frame, but he talks about in the uh, in the world of, of the churches. In every January, you got to build a new building because you're running out of space. And every June, sure. every June, you got to close the doors because there's that's nobody right. Yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so anyway, uh, the HIG is back, and uh, it is good to have you back in the studio with us. I want to apologize real quick. Last week, I did not put out an episode. Um, oh. I have been sick as a dog, and you can probably hear it in my voice a little bit. And I've I mean, got it still a, sounds like an excuse, but we'll I've, let it go. <laughs> I've got a cough drop actually in my mouth right now, so I'm trying to avoid stumbling through or, or struggling through a cough as well this morning. But in five years on my terrestrial radio show, I have missed three whole days of work for being sick. Two of them were last week. I was yeah. that sick. I, it's just I was not feeling well at all, and and then it's busy, and I'm trying to move into a new house and all this other kind of stuff. We were actually I have to tell this story sometime. I was given uh, a new trailer house, not a new one, but a new to me, a different. I was given a trailer. You house. Ha- you have the best luck of anybody <laughs> I've ever I met. Do. Like so, just a little backstory for anybody that doesn't know. Brad goes on the air and Brad says, I want a, a 70s pickup truck. 85, 85 Toyota, pickup. To, Toyota pickup truck. All of a sudden he gets a call and some guy is like, hey, I'll give you one from Canada. Yeah. And then you, uh, even before that, actually, you wanted to get rid of a piano. Yep. And you had people offering to trade you trucks and yep. random things like for a piano that one you wanted to trade One guy was going to trade me a Volkswagen, uh, Volkswagen Jetta, I think is what yeah. it was. Yeah. So. Yeah, like a new. Uh, not it was like an 06. Old, it yeah. wasn't an old, old right. junker, but it wasn't a brand new one. But like, but. Uh, you just have better luck than anybody yeah. I've ever met. But you know, so you got your house given to you. We and just so people don't tune out. We are going to be talking about uh, politics. That's what yeah, we're some about politics. We're going to be talking about uh, the rock starization of of politicians. But just to to touch on that, one of the things I've found when because my brother, I, t- I told my brother about this that this that I was given this house that I was given him actually given the Toyota and some of this stuff and and. <laughs> I was telling my brother about it. He goes, do you ever find it weird that people want to give you stuff? <laughs> I said, not really. I said, it used to kind of weird me out and I would struggle accepting gifts from people because like, I just, I'm not, I don't need stuff. You know, I'm just not a big materialistic kind of guy. So I don't need a whole lot of things. Um, as long as my bills are paid and I have a you know warm place to, to sleep in the wintertime and a cool place to sleep in the summertime, I'm, I'm pretty happy, but it, it's, it's. It did kind of weird me out at first, and and I got to realizing over the years, 
And because my brother said it happens to him all the time too. Mm -hmm. And he said, I think what it is, and and we've kind of come to an agreement is that when you're just generally a a decent human being, Mm -hmm. people want to be around you. And because people are around you more, there's just a higher possibility of people giving you stuff. Well, people are just, people are drawn to generosity. Right. right, and, and I'm then, a fairly and generous attracts, person myself. That's what right. I mean. Yeah. So, and it attracts other generous, you know, like you know, one of the one of the things I think we everybody that's around us we pick up things from and learn things oh, yeah. from. One of the things that one thing that you've done a really good job of exemplifying to me and everybody else around you is you you're a big believer in this. It's not a zero sum game. No, Life no. is not a zero sum no. game. Like multiple people can win at the same time, yeah. and that doesn't hurt one another. And so, like. I've I've tried to adopt that. Yeah. And, yeah. I don't have to. If I give you something and it doesn't matter what the thing is, whether it's right. cash or, or friendship or compassion or, or any other kind of abstract thing or, or genuinely material thing, just because I give it to you doesn't mean that it no longer exists or that I don't right. get enjoyment out of it. Like if, if I have, I'm the kind of guy, if I have two motorcycles yep. and one of them is sitting in my garage and I'm riding it. I would rather give you the second one so we could go ride together than leave it sit in my garage right. and do it by myself. Of I, course. It's just, I'm, that's, I'm the kind of person that I would, you know, I don't like, yeah, I would rather share life with people than than keep it all to myself. So. Sure. It's more enjoyable for you. Right. So anyway, <coughs> and there's the cough that I'm struggling through. So um, we're going to talk about, I want to talk about, Noah, the rock starization. And I don't know if that's, in fact, I'm absolutely certain that's not a word, but it is now. It is now. We created it. And the, we have, I think, run into a problem in the political landscape in the country today. Um, when we start talking about the way we view politicians and unfortunately the way politicians view their constituency. I'm not sure that, that some of these new politicians, regardless of party left, right, center, Republican, Democrat, independent, libertarian, whatever, they are beginning to view their constituency more like a followership on a social media platform than the people that they're actually supposed to represent in Congress and as it relates to legislation. And I see that as a problem. And, and one of the, the things that I've been noticing, I refuse to call it uh, representative Ocasio-Cortez. I refuse to call her AOC. <laughs> it just absolutely drives me insane. Cause you don't, cause you don't want it to be a hit I, thing. She, yeah. She's, she's not a rock star. She's not some rapper, you know, that's got a, a cool hip new CD that's out or, or anything like that. She is a politician. She, she, and, and she needs to act with the level of dignity that the, the office requires. Now this is true. Cause mm. this is true that, uh, of, uh, and, and I have the same argument against, this isn't a Democrat Republican thing. Cause I have the same problem with Donald Trump in uh, some of the ways that he responds. I think he could, he could offer much more dignity to his, his presidency if he were to respond with somewhat of a more professionalism, uh, and and it's not necessarily you always hear this. Oh, he needs to be more presidential. Needs to be more presidential. No, that's not it. He just needs to be more uh, adult-like, more <laughs> professional. That's just. I mean, if I were running a business, I would want to. Um, I would want to to portray a certain level of professionalism. Now, so I'll take I'll take I'll take the opposite side of that for just a okay. second. I, I, you know the. To a certain degree, I agree with you in principle. Mm-hmm. In his case, I disagree, and I and here's why. 
The man lived for 30 years right. in the public eye, very much a prominent spectacle, and nobody cared. Right. I mean, he was invited to the Clinton's wedding for yep. crying out loud, right? Yep. This is a guy that the left and the right love because he's just good old likable Donald Trump, right? All of a sudden, he gets let he gets elected and because he ran on a right or center of right ticket. I don't think Donald Trump is all that far to the right. No, he's not. I think he's probably closer to the center, maybe even maybe even a little bit to the left. And I think what happened was he saw how vicious the left has treated him and went screw that clubhouse. Yeah. I'll go over to this one over here. They might be crazy, but at least they at least I at least I understand them. Yeah. At least I understand how to deliver to them because they, you know, here's the thing. Try to have a conversation with your liberal friend. Try and sit down. Like, actually try well, and have yeah, a conversation with them. You sit down and say, okay, I want to understand your point of view. So tell me, how do I become a respectful, God-fearing little leftist? How do I do that? Well, you have to respect gender. Okay, yep. all right. Explain gender. Well, if it's chosen. Yeah. Okay, all right, it's chosen. Understood. All right, I got my laptop out, my text document open. Give me the list of genders. Yep. Oh, we can't list them. What do you mean you can't list them? We can't list them. There's too many of them. How are there too many of them? Uh, it's just it. There's no way to list all the genders. They're they're literally so. And this. Well, is, how am I supposed to not offend right. you with your gender pronoun? This is literally not even a joke. I mean, it it sounds absurd, but it's literally if you if you consider this, there's a, there was a list of genders somebody posted on. I don't remember which one, some social media, whether it was Tumblr or Facebook or Reddit or mm-hmm. wherever, I can't remember. Somebody posted, like, here's the list of, of genders, and they tried to give explanations or definitions of each. One of them was a color gender, and essentially that you identify as a color. And and the argument was, the, the guy that was kind of debating this... And, and trying to debunk the silliness of it, he said, look, the, the human eye can distinguish between somewhere around 11 million to 13 million different colors or different shades of, of colors. And so there's literally 13 million different genders based on, on color. But then he also talked about there's one of them was a Venn gender. And a Venn gender is... The intersection, if you know what a Venn diagram is, right? The two mm-hmm. circles, and here's boy, girl, and in the middle there's both, or something along those lines, or red and blue, and in the middle is purple, or whatever. And he said, essentially, what it is, is that the Venn gender is two genders, the intersection, that that little part of the Venn diagram sure. where they intersect. So theoretically, they're literally, they are, they are literally arguing that there is an infinite amount of genders. Like sure. it, you can, you can, you could literally make up a. Well, that's new, what they would tell you, right? But the, so, so anyway, well, it's just my, absurd. My point, my point was that it's impossible. Right. It does not follow. It's any, impossible to it, not. It doesn't. Them. There's no. It's yeah. They're right. They're searching for a chip on their fo- shoulder, and they're going to find it. And so, yep. what you have to understand about the progressive left is that they don't make a lot of sense. And I would invite anybody who's on the left to come on this program oh, and yeah, explain me absolutely. wrong. Explain to me how this works. So yep. since I can't follow a, a given set of rules, I think that drives intelligent people like Donald Trump up the wall. Yeah. And he looks over and goes, okay, listen, the right, they're a little crazy. They do a little crazy things. I can walk into a room. I can say whatever I want. And I was in a room, Brad, where the, the president walks in and says, Heidi Heidkamp didn't vote for X, Y, and Z. Turns out she did vote for X, Y, and Z. And anybody that pays any attention to politics knew that. Right. And an entire room of thousands of people of Trump supporters, like eels, or, 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 yeah. or, or, yeah. or, or, whatever Trump says. Right. I have to clap. Yeah. You know, it's just, or seal. It's yeah. just stupid, yeah. you know? And, so, but, so the problem with that is what kind of character does that create? 
Well, it, it creates a, a superstar. Right. Right. I don't care what he says. Right. He's right because he's the Trump. He's the, he's the man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's the Trump. And that's a problem. Make America great again. Let right. me get my big guns and put on my T-shirt. And you right. know what I mean? Like it, it turns into a pop culture thing. Yeah. But he didn't create that. We created that. Right. Twitter created that. Well, Facebook and, created and that. And here's the other thing that, you know, the Cindy McCain recently came out and was was lamenting something about the legacy of her of her late husband and John McCain or whatever. John McCain created Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. John McCain and, and the rest of the establishment Republicans that have refused to stand on the principles Boy, that they if say that, that the truth. if they say that they stand for, they created this guy. He, I mean, he the reason Donald Trump became who Donald Trump became is because of of the fact that there were seventeen Republicans on the stage and only two or three of them were actually conservative, solid Republican candidates. Sure, that created Donald Trump. Now. To bring this back to Ocasio Cortez and, mm-hmm. and Representative Omar and and Talib and some of these others, they you know the, the squad thing, right? They got they got to have a squad. You know who else has a squad? Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift and Selena Gomez. Oh yeah, they're great. They're great artists, fantastic musicians, and do you know, performers and all that kind of stuff. But do you want them making decisions that are going to so affect not, the entire country? For not the rest to of der- the not to derail the century? conversation, but did it not drive you nuts when Taylor? <laughs> you know, I always thought Taylor Swift. I always had so I always mm-hmm. had a lot of respect for her because yeah, I, she kind of always did her own thing. I always think I think secretly behind the scenes, <clears throat> I think she falls pretty far to the right, mm. and I, I always had a lot of respect for her. And all of a sudden, she came out. And this is just the past couple of months. She never wanted to talk about politics, which right. usually, if you follow politics, you know then that's usually your first sign that they tend to fall a little bit yeah. too far to the right, and so they don't want to say anything. So she came out. Transgender this and LGBT. Oh, yeah. I lost so much respect for it, it for two reasons. It has nothing to do with whether she's a conservative or not. I don't right. care. Right. You know, I don't care what her politics are. For, personally, I don't find her to be the kind of person that is <laughs> has any sort of authority to, to convince me of anything. Right. Like I would school her in a debate, right? right. And, and she would school me in a, in a singing competition. Right. right? Nobody wants to hear that. Right. But when I think about that, I lost a lot of respect for her because she doesn't have any – I don't care what a, a pop star right. who makes mil, who is the, the 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 most successful pop right. star in the world. I don't care what she thinks about politics. Frank, she doesn't live in the real world. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, and and there's very few. What's ce- she worth? Forty million? Something like that. And there's very few celebrities of of either side that I care much about. There's, right. There's a three hundred and sixty million dollars. There's there's a couple people. Ted Nugent, for one. I have a lot of respect for sure. in, in the realm of politics because he has spent yeah. an incredible amount of time. But don't want to hear about it at a concert. Studying and understanding the 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 ins and outs of the gun laws and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. However, a true story. I went to see Ted Nugent in a concert in Pueblo, Colorado, back in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. And about halfway through the show, he goes off on a tirade. We're in Pueblo, just about what ninety hundred miles south of Denver, which is the capital of Colorado, uh-huh. and. About halfway through the show, he goes on a rant about the mayor of Denver and the governor of Colorado and gun control and all this kind of stuff. And it was probably 20 minutes long, almost a half an hour that he's ranting about gun control. And, of course, the crowd is cheering and going nuts because they're all Ted Nugent fans. and They all know who Ted Nugent is and what he believes and all that kind of stuff. And I'm standing there and I'm going, come on, Ted. I paid yeah. thirty bucks or fifty bucks or whatever the yep. ticket was. I can't remember now, but whatever the ticket was to to watch you play guitar because Ted Nugent is a fantastic guitar player. Yep, I came to watch you play guitar. Next week at the NRA rally, 
I'll listen to you talk yeah. about gun control. But for now, shut up and dance, guitar yes, boy. Yeah, that's right. You know? Be a monkey. Yeah, I mean, that's right. That's, yeah. that's what I paid you to but, do. So it, what's what's interesting is we have turned our pop stars into political figures, and we, for yes. whatever reason, care what they think. And then we've taken our politicians, who are supposed to be doing the will of the voter, and we turned it into a popularity yep. contest, right? It doesn't matter what Donald Trump thinks. The yep. fact that he is on the right, the fact that he is a is a conservative person, yep. or acting as a conservative person, regardless of what he actually thinks, right. because he is acting as a conservative person, <coughs> the left will never accept him. Right. Pop culture will never accept him. And because the loudest generation happens to be on Twitter and on Instagram, yep. the message that you get from the mainstream media is that Donald Trump is, is unpopular. Is and evil. that's yep. not true. No. His the latest the latest approval rating showed him at what, 47 percent or something like that? That's mm-hmm. the highest it's ever been for him. The other thing here too, and speaking of celebrities, right? There are mm-hmm. some celebrities that I actually will respect on either side. Al Franken, believe it or not. Even though he was, mm-hmm. you know, he did all his thing and he got kicked out of office, not really kicked out, but kind of forced out to not run again or whatever happened with him. Did he actually get, did he actually resign? Or I, think did he he just, resi- I think he stepped did he down. Res- yeah. did he, okay. But either way, he was, a, he was a celebrity, he was a comedian, and he took the time to educate himself. And I still disagreed with his politics, but he at least had the, the, the wherewithal to go, hey, I'm not just going to be a celebrity and spout off on social media or on Saturday Night Live or, or whatever other you know platform that I've got. I'm sure. actually going to run. I'm going to put my you know money where my mouth is, so to speak. And he went and ran and he got, got elected to the Senate and did his thing. Sure. Same with Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was an actor. He, he got elected to the governor of California and, and he took the time to educate himself <clears throat> and be involved. That I can respect. Sure. The ones that the ones that, like you say, that just spout off on Twitter or Facebook or uh, the ones that really get me is the stuff like the Dixie Chicks did, you know, go over to France sure. and complain about America on a stage in another country. Oh, yeah. You oh, know, for sure. Don't if you want to complain about the yes. country, fine. Right. But but don't be a coward about it and do it in another country, hoping nobody will hear you. You know, that's the that's the anyway. So back to again, back to Rashida Tlaib, you know, congressman or congresswoman Tlaib and and. Uh, Ocasio Cortez and and others, the squad, this whole idea of the squad, putting them in this kind of context, people then are are in my opinion begin to look at politicians as somewhat of a popularity contest. Sure, and we're no longer looking for the person who is most qualified to be a legislator and and move the country forward in the right direction in either passing legislation or preventing legislation from being passed because sometimes the best thing a congresswoman or congressman or senator can do is simply not pass legislation sure one of the greatest presidents this country has ever seen calvin coolidge essentially didn't do anything like that was that's what made him a great president sure. he just kind of stayed out of the way and left mm-hmm. things alone um, and so that that is the approach I think we need to start looking at is we've we've got to stop with the and I don't know what's ever going to happen. This may be just pie in the sky thinking, but we the 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 uh, the rock starization of these politicians is dangerous because it puts a lot of people who are really unqualified to do the work into a lot of really powerful positions. And and that can be on both sides. Dan Crenshaw. Mm-hmm. Is it Dan Crenshaw? Yeah. He, yeah, he's the guy with the, the eye patch. He's from was he from Nebraska or somewhere? Wherever he's from, right? He's a congressman. Yep. He's he's great, incredibly intelligent, 
and he, he seems to know his stuff, but are we are we electing him or did he get elected based on the fact that he was this kind of a rock star war hero? Right. Or did we elect him because he's actually a good legislator? Maybe he's a good speaker. Maybe he's a good uh, communicator. But is he a good legislator? There's a guy in right here in North Dakota in the in the North Dakota state state. I think he's a state senator. Uh-huh. Um, Rick. Uh, Rick Becker. Oh, yeah. Sure. He's, dude is is probably one of the best legislators as far as legislation goes and being a an actual guy who helps create and craft and and draw up and and vote for legislation. He is a he's a very effective legislator. He's very good at getting people on all sides of the aisle kind of looking in the same direction. If even if they're not going in the same direction, they're at least kind of looking and going, "Hey, maybe there's something here that we need to talk about." And he's also very adept at going, "Hey, you know what? This is not something we need to um we need to uh even look at. We just need to stay away from this altogether." Sure. But Rick Becker's not this grand communicator, and he'll mm-hmm. tell you that. Now, I've had him on my my terrestrial radio show several times, and he does a great interview. He's mm-hmm. he's, he's very well spoken. He's intelligent, and he's easy to understand, and all of that. But he he would he would tell you that he's not the kind who's going to get up and give a, a rousing speech that will that will sway the masses to you know storm the gates of hell with a water pistol, as they say, and all those sorts of things. And so. In my mind, even though he's not this great, you know, inspiring kind of, um, uh, you know, Gandhi type leader or mm-hmm. communicator, he is a great legislator. And I think that's where we've kind of gone off the rails. We used to elect legislators. We used to elect senators and governors and, and presidents and things like that because they were uh, effective leaders, not necessarily politicians, right? Because mm-hmm. you and I were actually talking about this earlier before we went on the air, right? The idea of of creating a if your if your car breaks down and you take it to the mechanic and it doesn't get fixed the first time, you drive home from the mechanic and it still has the same problem. You don't decide, well, that mechanic sucked, and I've taken it to three other mechanics and they all sucked and they couldn't fix it either. I'm going to try taking it to a plumber. You know, we don't do that. We take it to a better mechanic. Sure. And and so when people say we don't want a politician, we want whatever. No, you just want a better politician. You know, you don't want a plumber fixing your car. Uh, I, now, I, I, I agree. I, I just I really feel like what has happened. The biggest problem that we have in the United States is not that we have too many people that are plumbers working as politicians. And so they excuse the the expression so they use a a plumber's wrench where you know a, a multimeter is more appropriate but right. i think the bigger problem we have is you have career politicians and what was supposed to be a public service the same way i think that politics are supposed to be looked at the exact same way jury duty is <laughs> right where there's a there's a thing right. your bit comes up you go serve you do your public duty or f- serving in the military or anything else the problem that we have with politicians is we have made it so glamorous yeah. And so, uh, you know, rewarding money wise and, and look yep. at I mean, look at, you know, look at Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. She thinks that she suffered through some sort of abuse because right. she worked as a bartender. Right. 
No, honey, that's just where like that's what it's the rest life. of America yeah. does, you yeah. know. Like, and so she moves to Washington D.C. and I don't know how I'm going to pay for my first month's rent. You know what? Neither does anybody else that mo- takes yeah. a job and moves. Yeah. So that's why we save money because right. you learn how to manage things. Right. And it's why people like her don't belong in positions of power because if she can't figure out how to get her living expenses in order for six months until she starts making three hundred thousand dollars a year or whatever it is they right. make, and in, it's hundred and seventy, I think, something in like Congress, that. Yeah. Is 300, Still. So and, until she starts making six figures right she's got to figure out a way she's got to wait if you can't solve that problem god help you we don't need you trying to to, to yeah. mess with obamacare right which is, is it, becoming more and more of a mess every single day so it's to here is it just me or or can you just imagine her getting her first paycheck and the first thing she does oh. is run, runs down to best buy and buys the biggest tv that's in there oh sure well yeah. have you seen her apartment yeah and put it up on a put it up on a on a couple of milk crates and a and a Two by twelve. So you joke. So you joke. But when she, so when she first moved to Washington, I don't know if you followed this, but when she first moved to Washington D.C., she had she posted on uh, yeah. on Instagram or Twitter. She would so she'd be sitting on the floor, like no furniture, right. just on the floor in her multi thousand dollar apartment with a with a you know with a edge to edge or what do they call it, infinity swimming pool or whatever. Oh, yeah, on the, on yeah, the, yeah, infinity okay, pool. so she's got all that stuff, but she can't afford. A place to, you know what I mean? Like it just goes to and show you these mac people. and cheese, right? Well, yeah. I don't know. She was drinking. She was wine. Cook, she was cooking mac and cheese and drinking but, wine. And here's the thing: if you like mac and cheese, I mean, I'm not right. I mean, knock yourself out. Oh, you I know like, what? You I go like get some good, deer sausage. Box and throw mac, and mac and cheese is one of the best gourmet meals you'll ever have. Okay, but no. <laughs> the, the, but the truth is that a person like that, yeah, that can't prioritize should not furniture be making decisions wine. for exactly. the entire country. Should not right. be the one that's in in power to yeah. make those kind of decisions because you clearly have a problem with prioritizing. But in, but what happened is is her her district what essentially What happened is she's hot. Well, right, they I was just going to say they elected a prom queen. That's right. They didn't they didn't elect a a, a legislator, they elected a prom queen. And and the same with with uh, Talib and and Omar. They're from districts that are heavily uh, influenced by the Somalian refugee program or the the various um, ethnicities. And I don't mean this in a, in any sort of a, a derogatory way, but the the districts that they came from are are represented heavily by people like her. And so essentially, the people like her voted for her because, well, hey, she's like me, mm-hmm. which is fine. We all do that, right? I mean, that's sure. just the, that's the nature of humanity. We we have a tendency. That's like that's why there's a Chinatown in San Francisco. That's, that's right. why you, we self segregate. We we have a tendency to congregate with people who are like well, us. It's, I mean, to think if you think about it, it really is. It's a survival thing, right? You know. So I mean, those that are like us are most are most likely to have a shared goal and shared yep. things in common. Yeah. So I don't necessarily mean that in a derogatory way but they're that's the reason they got elected they didn't get elected because they are were the best candidate to to represent an entire congressional district in washington they got elected on a popularity contest Mm -hmm. and and i don't know how you fix that i don't know if it's even possible to fix that it's the nature of of allowing for um for public elections or or open elections the one thing i would say is a way we could counteract that would be is repealing the Seventeenth Amendment, okay, and going getting away from public or uh, um, getting away from um, the uh, the popular election of senators. The way we used to, oh, yeah. the way oh, yeah. we used we to elect them, yeah, I yeah. The way we used agree. to elect senators is that your local state representatives would elect them. Yeah, I completely agree. And with that you. way, the only people that the the senators are beholden to is their own state legislators. 
it, they're not beholden to special interests. They're not beholden to the party. It doesn't matter what the party says. They have to vote what's in the best interest of their state, which was the way the Senate was originally designed. Mm-hmm. And so I, we need to go back to the get away from the popular election of senators and allow for the popular election of, of congressmen. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a problem with congress persons. Sure. You've got to be gender inclusive nowadays. Um, but yeah, that's so anyway, with all of this, this stuff, the, the, the danger in the rock starization, I'm, I'm using that as a term. That's going to be the title of the episode, by the way, the rock starization of politics is what we're doing. And, and I say this for those of you who are listening is regardless of party, whether you're Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Independent, whatever, don't vote for someone because the media has given them a cool nickname or has associated them with a few others and call them a squad or anything like that. Vote for them because they're the best legislature or best legislator. They, they may be a complete bumbling fool and be, and, and be unable to put three sentences together in front of a microphone because they get stage fright so bad or whatever, they don't know how to talk anymore. But if they can do the job and do it well, that's the person we want in charge of making legislation or simply preventing legislation from being passed. If I go to the mechanic, if I go to take my car in to get it fixed, I don't care if the mechanic can explain to me clearly what needs to be done I don't care if the mechanic can even hold a conversation. I don't care if the the mechanic is deaf, dumb, and mute. Mm -hmm. Fix the car. And if you can fix the car and fix it well and make sure it's safe for my family to drive in, awesome. Yeah, we're not going to have problems. There's another guy at the shop called the service rider. That's his job to talk to me and explain it. That's what he gets paid for. Yep. So let's hire the, the entertainers and the speakers to do the entertaining and the speaking, and let's hire legislators to do legislation. Let's hire governors to govern. Let's hire presidents to be I, president. I'm okay with that. If you can explain to me a system in which we can hire a legislature that will app, that will represent the interest of the people rather than the special interest group, because yeah. that's the problem that I think we run into and right I'm not now. Sure and I'm not sure it's possible anymore. Okay. Because, I mean, here, because here's the thing, it, I can't. Well, here's what I here's what I can't get behind. There's a bunch of people that are like, we have to get money out of politics. You no, can't. You, you can't. can't get money out of politics because to say that because here's what that looks like, right? To say to quote unquote get money out of politics, really, what you're saying is you want to socialize politics, right? You want to have everybody run on a public ledger. Yep. And I don't agree with that. No. If I have more money, I should be able to get my message out to more places. Yep. And if you want to compete with me, get more money. You know how to get more money? Do better things for other people, and they'll yep. give you money. So, I, but the problem is, I go and look at legislation, and every piece of legislation that passes, yep. you can tie to a couple hundred million dollars yep. of checks from some lobbying group, yep. and that's not good. One of the one of the ways that could be fixed, and and I don't have all the details on this, but the the bigger issue is, not, excuse me, <coughs> sorry, I this I'm still fighting this cold. Um, one of the better ways to to deal with the election, if you want election reform or even campaign finance reform, the bigger issue is to is to limit the power of the incumbency. Mm-hmm. There, there has to be some sort of, of mechanism. And, I, and again, I don't know what the details are, and I don't know that I have all the answers, is, but there has to be some sort of mechanism. Right now, the incumbency is so powerful in Washington. It makes it so difficult to unseat an incumbent. Mm-hmm. It's happening right across the river from us here in Minnesota's District 7. I have a good mm-hmm. friend, Dave Hughes, is running against a 26-year incumbent. Mm-hmm. 
And he is working his tail off. He is stopping in every single county at every single BPOU meeting. He's at every county fair. He's Mm -hmm. at every parade and marching in the parades and driving the little car and waving and kissing babies and doing all the things. And he's put together. I mean, you read the guy's platform and you think we need this guy as like the the supreme leader of all humanity. I mean, he's he's got it all together and he's a heck of a nice guy. Mm -hmm. He's got a great family and it's just he's... He's like, he's everything you ever wanted in a politician. Like, there's no hint of scandal anywhere in his life. He just is a good guy. That's what we want. But he's having an incredibly difficult time unseating a a 26-year incumbent because the 26-year incumbent has an $11 million war chest, and he's trying to run a, my friend's trying to run a a campaign on on a shoestring budget. Sure. You know, and so, like I say, I don't know what the details of all of that are, mm-hmm. but there's got to be some sort of mechanism to limit the power of the incumbency. I would suggest that if you are an incumbent, maybe you're not allowed to raise any money for the first year you're in office. In 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 Congress, you're in two-year terms. For the first year you're in Congress, you are not allowed to raise a single penny for your campaign, not one. And then as a senator, for the first three years, the first half of your, your Senate uh, can't or the half first half of your Senate term, you're not allowed to raise any money for your campaign. I you know, some something along that. those lines. I don't like say, I, and I haven't really thought all this stuff through. This is just some of the things that I've heard other people throw out, and uh, and some of the things that I've thought of in the past. That there's there's the 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 danger of the incumbency. I shouldn't say the danger of the incumbency because sometimes incumbency is a good thing. You want someone who has some experience and has some understanding of the process. Sure. And I, I, I agree with that to a certain extent. I just feel like that's the system we have now and right. there are problems and we're not really addressing those right. issues. We're not really addressing. Well, it's the same thing with immigration, right? Mm-hmm. We know what the problem is. Nobody wants to actually address the problem because well, if they, they address no, the problem, they'll get called a racist. Well, here's the here's the problem. The, the problem with immigration is this. We continually try to put nice solutions to very dirty, disgusting problems, okay? Mm. It's great to say that you know, we have this idea of our armed servicemen and women that they are, you know, that they are these people that are upheld to this fine standard, spreading democracy and doing goodwill across right. the country. And it, the reality is they have to make a decision of whether or not to put a bullet in a 12 year old's face sometimes. Right. And that's, that's a, not it's an a, easy decision. No, it's a disgusting, terrible decision. It's right. a horrible situation that has probably lifelong consequences, certainly for the for the person who was shot and also probably for the, the servicemen or women that were involved in that situation. And as Americans, we just constantly look for a way to put a pretty, a pretty bow tie, a pretty name on it. <clears throat> Nobody wants to address the fact that immigration is an ugly situation. Here's the answer to immigration. You got to tell people no. Yeah. No, you can't come over here. Right. Yes, you do have to stay over in your country and die if necessary so that we can protect our way of life. Right. That sounds harsh. Yeah. It sounds mean. It is harsh. It, it is, is mean. Harsh. But, but the truth is that you cannot have – it's a mathematical certainty. You cannot have open borders and a welfare state. Right. It will not succeed. It's no. mathematically impossible. So either we have to choose to get rid of our welfare system, which is never going to happen because there's right. way too many Americans that are dependent on it. Or we choose to lock down our borders and reserve those resources because at the end of the day, Brett, if I had to pick a choice, and I'm a constitutional conservative, but if I have to choose, if I have to choose between giving money to a Mexican child and an inner city Chicago kid, my money's going to the inner city Chicago kid every darn time. Now, uh, we can agree and disagree all day long about the constitutionality of me and North Dakota funding inner city Chicago schools, 
but I would rather my money go there to an right. American than to somebody else. And yeah. if that makes me, you know, whatever, country centric or nationalist, nationalist or what, I don't care. Yeah. Fine. I drunk the Kool Aid. I'm in that boat. You're a Hig nationalist. I, you, fine. Fine. Sure. <laughs> Hig nationalist. Long Hig live na- in or America. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. You are. <laughs> Indo-American. So would that make you an Indi- Indian American? You want to eat or the Indo- food Indo- in my country? We we'll go to McDonald's. We'll check it out. Yeah. Uh, so <coughs> I'm sorry. <coughs> oh, man, this is killing me. I have been. I apologize for all the hacking and coughing. This has been a. It has been a long week, and I'm hoping I got three hours of radio I got to do yet today too. So you'll make it. Here's the thing: the, the nice thing about that thing radio is you won't have another open mic, so you'll be able to cough, right. and everybody will just mm. think that you're thinking. Yeah. Well, um, you know what the thing is. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, I guess to to kind of put a bow in this and wrap it all up in a neat little package, the reality is the political system in the United States is a mess, mm-hmm. but. In the end, it's the best mess in the game, right? I mean, okay. there's 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 a lot of other places that we could be in Hong Kong right now, mm-hmm. and we could be having to fight police and the police state to simply not be deported across the ocean to face trial against charges that are trumped up by some leader who just doesn't like us because we don't see things the way they do. Sure. You know, we could be facing the 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 devaluations of our of our currency so badly that it's literally littering the streets like confetti in Venezuela. You know, we could be in Cuba where they're still stuck in 1956, you know. Sure. There's there's a whole lot of other places that we could be. So in the middle of it all, in 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 the mess of it all, we're we're still the best mess in the game, you know. I, I'd still rather be here because I can create a podcast and complain about the government and complain about President Trump and and Representative Cortez and and Omar and and Crenshaw and, and all the others, and I don't fear them showing up at my house and arresting me and right. hauling me off to a labor camp like in North Korea. Sure. You know, so in the end, it's still the best game in the in the. It's still the best mess in the game, and and I think in the end, if 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 it's not for <laughs> excuse me, if it's not for people like you and I, mm-hmm. um, the mess is going to get worse. So, and I say this all the time on my on my radio show, it is time for us to be involved. Mm-hmm. We we cannot be silent anymore. We cannot just assume that our leaders have our best interests in mind. We have to hold them accountable. We have to stand up. We have to speak out. We have to go to the boat, the to the ballot box and vote. We have to uh, get involved in our local, you know, Republican Party, whatever things that we've got going on, or Democrat Party things, whatever they've got going on, or if you're a libertarian, joining the Libertarian Party and being involved in the in the process and running for. Even things as, as as seemingly unimportant as city councils, 
or county commissions and things like that. And if you're not here in the United States, I mean, I mean there's there's other places that you can get involved and be a part of the, the process as well. Because believe it or not, for those of us who are here in the U.S., believe it or not, there are other countries that do actually hold open elections and allow people to vote. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not the only place in the entire world that is democratic and and devoid of, of communism. There are other countries that actually allow <laughs> their citizens to be involved in the process as well. So, <laughs> sorry, I didn't get to the mute fast enough. Um, but yeah, there are other there are other nations that do allow for elections. So, uh, get involved in the process. Be a part of your country. And if you're in Hong Kong, you know, go join the protests. And uh, so I, I tell you what, let me. I just want to say this before because it's been a couple of weeks since I've been able to really get into this. How great is it that the uh, these Hong Kong protesters are standing in the streets of Hong Kong waving American flags and singing the American national here's the, anthem here's the thing. and holding I, you know, signs that say we need the second amendment? I don't I don't I don't disagree that Trump is on the right path, you know, making some making some waves like if there's a time to 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 play chicken with the economy now would be the time cuz it's yep. so good. Uh I really hope it comes out in his favor. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you saw they're, they're raising tariffs again. Yeah. And so there's people upset. Like, I'm a little ah. concerned about the tariffs. but That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, a, like, no constitutional conservative agrees with tariffs. It's nothing. Right. To, but I don't think Trump even wants tariffs. No. It's just, it's the only It's the only weapon left in the two. Yeah. It's the only weapon left in the quiver. That's for sure. Yeah. I, it, it, my my thoughts on the, the tariffs. Somebody called into the, the terrestrial show the other day and asked about this. And my thoughts are on the tariffs are... Um, we're at a point now where it doesn't matter. We it, the tariffs are there. We can't back down now. Right. We can't because yeah. if we back down yeah, now, then 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 China's going to run all over us, and anybody will uh, they'll they'll know that all we got to do is is just resist for a, a month or two, and and we'll eventually cave. So we have to stand firm now. But uh, I I'm hoping it'll turn out in 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 the right direction, and I think long term it probably will. There's going to be some short term pain. I got I got um, an interesting text message on the terrestrial show the other day. Um, I mentioned this that there is going to be some long some short term pain. You know, mm-hmm. and for for the long term gain, if it does occur, and a farmer texted and he said, "Look, I'm a farmer, and I know it's going to be some short term pain, mm-hmm. and I know these tariffs are hurting my family financially right now. But you know what? It's worth it. Yeah, because the long run, I'm going to come out ahead. It's going to come out ahead, and hopefully, it will save this great nation. Right? You know, I mean, you think of the the. I I actually was trying to explain this to somebody the other day." And and I don't remember who it was, but the the Declaration of Independence, the last line uh, of the Declaration of Independence, to you know, um, to to this end, we pledge our. Uh, well, here, let me just bring it up and read it, so I don't misquote it. Um, I was trying to explain this to somebody the other day, and I pledging their honor and stuff. Yeah, and, like and I literally their life was over if yeah, this like, didn't go right. Yeah, like I literally I broke down in in tears. Like, sure, because it, it it is, is that powerful. Yeah, when you read that last line, and it, and it says, um, it says he said, and for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of the divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Like these guys were these these were not, you know, just poor farmers who really didn't have anything to lose. Yeah, right. 
These these men were mostly men. Of, I mean, by today's standards, they were well, but but by their standards yeah. at that time, these men were mostly yeah. not necessarily extremely wealthy, but yeah, they, were they were influential, influential. and and they held uh, positions of, of of importance. And and you know, Washington had a, a whole farm and several you know lots of property, and, mm-hmm. and his wife was well to do and came mm-hmm. from a well family, and mm-hmm. so this these guys were signing their lives away. You know, and and so that 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 being willing to give up a little bit of of modern comfort in order to to do what they did, um, if I gotta if I gotta give up my Starbucks for a couple of weeks or whatever, you know, I don't even go to Starbucks anymore. But like, if you know, if I gotta give up a, a few pleasures, maybe my Netflix and my Hulu account or, or something along those lines, or I can't order anything from Amazon prime and I got to wait five days for shipping. Yeah, instead a little of too far. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> two days of shipping or whatever. Let's not get carried you know, away. I mean, it's, it's, um, it may be worth it in the end. So anyway, um, Noah, thank you again for yeah, finally for making this it was, back. This was really fun. It's great. It's nice to, to not have to, you know, I'm not rushing in here at the last minute, right. you know, and, and, and working on something else. Like, it's nice to be able to just fully concentrate on politics and our our nation. It's kind of fun. Yeah, it was a good time. And and uh, I've enjoyed doing it. And I look forward to uh, we'll maybe do it again next week. And uh, for those of you who have been faithful listeners and followed us on various places and support us on Patreon, we thank you. And again, I apologize for last week not getting an episode out. Um, but I think I'm back in the saddle. We're ready to go. We'll see you again next week. I'm Brad Schmidt. He was I'm the Hig. We'll see you next week.